1: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media.
2: Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Place your bets.
3: All right, we said it was going to be a special double episode week. So here's episode two of Speed Weeks. I am in Daytona in the Media Center. This is this awesome background I have. If you're watching on video, I'm down in a radio room at the Media Center. Tims, you've taken over in studio, looking good with the Junior Motorsports. And then Trucker Hat Travis. I'm not sure about Trucker Hat Travis, but we got producer Trav on the pod as well.
4: Yep, enjoying a nice little cold beverage, too. It's a Friday afternoon. We're taping, so, you know might as well drink. it's
3: a friday afternoon tape which is why we don't have the professor because he's up in the boots busy day here at daytona we got cup practice xfinity practice truck race arca race has been moved to friday night uh so we have a lot going on here at daytona but let's talk about the big race sunday afternoon the duels are behind us qualifying's behind us how about f-o-r-d i like those headlines ford not just the pole but the front row now i said s-h-r ended up being team penske but ford's in single car looked spectacular
5: they did they really looked really fast and i think any any hesitation for the new body kind of went out the door when they looked like they had a ton of speed different with the toyotas but the single car speed for the fords were off the charts
3: so we fade daytona or fade toyota's qualifying that worked and then i don't know if their feelings got hurt or what but then they swept the duels with christopher bell and tyler reddick um Interesting duels, though. First one, kind of calm, came right down to the green flag pit stops. Let's talk about what people saw. I was here in person. I don't know what they told everybody on TV, but the duels are basically fuel savings races. You ride around for 40 laps saving gas. Here's why you do it. You ride around in one pack. The pack is so small, even if you're at the back of the pack, a shorter pit stop will leapfrog you to the front. So you save gas, so at the pit stop, if you need six gallons, Tims, and I need five, I'm gonna beat you off pit road. These are gas-only stops.
4: How much is a gallon? Like in, in terms of seconds for you a can pit put staff? like
3: 1.5, 1.6 gallons a second. So if you save a gallon, you're basically saving six seven tenths of a second. Um, so it, but you know that matters when you're coming all together on a big pack. The other big thing is the second duel with the big wreck. I think that's been the story of the week so far. Not a lot mm-hmm. of practice, but a huge pile up on the front stretch. Blaney. I'm going to tell you, I don't know what the deal is with Blaney, but if someone's going to take a big shot, it seems to be Blaney. Another huge hit for Ryan. Yeah, he always gets turned, and it seems like the same exact
5: scenario where he's completely out of harm's way, and somebody just a bad block or a bad push catapults them into him. I don't, I don't really understand it. But, Steve, like what – you know, you have Byron, you have Blaney all going to backup cars. Does that – like when you're – handicap in the field does that really go into how you're going to bet somebody if they go to backup cars
3: so I'm going to be honest you know 10 15 years ago the backup car was a conversation um it's not a conversation mm-hmm. anymore these cars first of all I'm not going to call them the same cuz that's a lie but the parts are from the same you know vendors these big teams do not have to put them together to be relatively the same you know these bodies are no longer handmade the fenders aren't hand-shaped by the teams you know they're kind of bolted together now bolted together all the right way look every car is not the same speed so i'm not gonna you know say it's not gonna matter but i would I, i i think a backup car is very little um hold up like first of all it doesn't change my opinion on ryan blaney my opinion on ryan blaney was monster coming into the week it was great with the duels even though he got caught up in the wreck he looked good he looked like the ryan blaney we expected he wrecked from like row two i think it was so a backup car doesn't slow slow him or william byron down at all in my opinion
5: interesting and and like keselowski i know they were going to repair their car i almost feel like that's a little bit because it kind of looked like he had a little less speed after that crash i kind of worry more about that than maybe blaney starting over with like a brand new fresh car that has no
3: damage on it i'm the same way i'm I'm sketchier about a repair i just bring another one out so let's talk about the rules um if you repair your car you get to keep your starting position which is basically where you finished in the duels if you go to a backup you have to start back in the field but it's a 500 mile race none of that's going to be a big problem um listen i i expect to come on here i think the conversation is the weather supposed to rain all weekend long so i don't know what time The 500 will roll off. I'm actually flying home tomorrow. I'm not staying anymore for the 500 because I'm going to watch it from home. I think it's going to be a Monday race. Uh, Monday races are normally calmer than Sunday races. Monday races are normally everybody minds their P's and Q's because they've already been here an extra day. I don't know if that still transfers to the Daytona 500 because it's still the biggest race of the entire year. But it doesn't change who I think is going to run well, right? We talked about this in the pod earlier this week. Blaney's a monster pick. I think Joey Logano, especially now that he's on the pole, is going to be one of your favorites going into it. Denny Hamlin, a three-time winner, is going to be on your list. So this is a really hard race to bet because it's still Speedway Racing. Um, I think what we learned last year is the best thing to do on Speedway Racing is to kind of avoid it at times. You know, I don't know if you can avoid it. You've been sitting on your sidelines all winter long, Tim's ready to fire that NASCAR bet. So I know you're going to put some in. So what do you? I know you've been studying what bets you're looking at. What do you like? See if I could talk you either off the ledge or in the bucket.
5: Yeah, I mean, I like everyone likes the long shots, right? But I do like some favorites in in this one a lot. And, and Chase Elliott at what is it, 14 to one right now. I mean, I, I, every interview he's had probably since they got to Daytona, I like him more and more. He just. He looks more relaxed. He looks really ready for the year. He's, like, glad last year's behind him. And he looks actually in pretty good shape. I mean, I know he had shoulder surgery in the offseason, but he looks pretty, like, healthy. And he finished second in his duel, I think. So, I mean, that was – he ran really well. So, that was kind of the last kind of piece. And I know you and the professor talked on Monday about spotter changes kind of being, like, a question. And I was a little nervous about Chase's spotter change. But – I think that all kind of got answered when he finished second in the duel. So I like Chase. I think
3: I think Hendrick in general is going to be really strong on Sunday, Monday, whenever they race. I agree. I thought Hendrick looked good. Um, and, and to your point about the spotter change, you know, they ran the whole race, which is really the goal right now. They have a 60 lap race under their belt. That was an important thing. More important for the nine than other teams uh, to get those reps. So I like Chase. I mean, I'll be honest. Look, here's, here's what this is going to look like. Barring Rex, you're going to have Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, William Byron. I'm sure I'm missing one or two, and they're your top six or seven. And then pick a couple names that are, are going to surprise you that are going to be up there, right? Like Lejoy looked good for a while. He got took three wide that hurt him. Yeah, go. Oh, come I think on. one of the I names you, is,
4: is is uh, the winner of duel number one. Tyler Reddick sitting plus twenty eight hundred to win.
5: Yeah, it's, that's surprising to me. After, I, think he's after a, won. I think he's
4: something you have to watch out for.
3: I like his teammate better.
4: Yeah, really? I would say the same
3: thing. But See. do you like
4: him at 1,800, though?
3: I think that Bubba's resume of work on the Speedways can't be ignored. So there's a lot of Bubba haters. So it's easy to say, oh, we got lucky. Oh, we got this. Look, you don't get lucky this many times. And, and not that he's won a bunch, but he has been in what i like to call the picture. what's the picture? the picture is the last 5 miles of a speedway race. well, he's been in the picture. now he's made the wrong decision in the picture a few times, but that's information he's he's learned. he's gleaned that information. he's filed it away, right? like he's going to make better decisions. that's part of maturing. so while i do like tyler reddick because he did win the duel, i actually like bubba over tyler reddick. i think bubba is no, it, i think people like to hate on him. let's give him his due. he's a good he's a good restrictor racer, good plate racer.
4: Another name we haven't mentioned yet—he's going to start on the front rows. Michael McDowell, front row. Uh, but they have a new alliance. How does that change things with uh, front rows alliance with Penske?
3: So it's funny, right? Because they—you know—I didn't know where that would end up. I didn't think Penske had the best equipment last year, even though they did win the championship. They finished the year their strongest, but it obviously worked right away, right? To sit on the front row for the Daytona 500, you have to have a great race car. Michael McDowell—I know he won—you uh, know—at the road course, and we think of him as a road course racer, but he's also. I mean, when do we stop calling him an underrated speedway racer? When do we give him his due? When do we say he deserves to be up there? What's Michael's odds? That's the question. Is he still undervalued by the books? McDowell
4: sitting at 1,800 to win, uh, 225
3: for uh, top five. See, so I actually think that the books have caught up with him, right? Because if I would put Michael McDowell in the list of Bubba Wallace, Michael McDowell, um, Chris Busher you know and they're all kind of right there together in the books. I think the books have caught up.
5: Especially as the week's gone on cuz he was 35 to 1 earlier before the duels and now even after qualifying uh, and now he's 18 to 1 so they've they've definitely caught up this weekend for sure.
4: He was he's one of those drivers that if anybody listened on the Monday pod and if they got in early, he's one of those drivers that you can have better if you're betting on him now you've lost
3: a lot of value in. He, you have. And you know what? We were the ones saying you didn't have to pick the long guys. I, I guess Michael was one of those long guys we talked about, but I didn't expect it moving. I didn't think a front row qualifying was going to make it. And then to your point, Tim's, like, you know, it wasn't even really the qualifying that moved it, it was the dual race that really killed the lines uh, or, you know, really lost, shrunk the lines, which is kind of sh- surprising to me.
5: Yeah. He he didn't. I don't even think he really got back up there. He got shuffled out of line and didn't really even have the finishing result. They just saw he ran well and stayed up front, and that was enough to move it.
4: Timms, what else you got for uh, any uh, to win bets? Uh, I got a couple
5: long shots I really like. Uh, I got in early on Corey LaJoy. Yeah. I got. Corey LaJoy seems like a lot of people's choice for a long shot here his lines moved so much uh it's now at four thousand, plus four thousand i got it plus does that 5, make you feel like you so. got some
3: sharp money does that make you feel good like, me? Uh, like it does. Man, I, feel, I, I move the line you got a little swagger going
5: i feel good there's a little more pep in my step my shoulders my chest are out like i feel good about that one uh he he's just kind of always there like running at the end and i just feel like if this race goes crazy and there's chaos i mean there's already rain in the forecast like he could be around and the other guy i I think is not getting talked about a lot is daniel suarez and he's got the fourth best average finish on drafting tracks in the next gen car which at plus 6500 i think that's a steal of a value pick and he's got so much pressure to win this year now that could go against him as well but it's worth a shot especially at the biggest race because those odds are tremendous in a track house type of car
3: yeah i mean definitely his equipment can win um yeah, I mean, listen, I hear what you're saying. Listen, this is a hard race to handicap. The plate races are all hard to mm-hmm. handicap. I don't I don't know. I see this being a, you want to know my prediction? Here you go. This is a Monday night under the lights, prime time Daytona 500 with a massive star going to victory lane. A Chase Elliott, a Netflix superstar, Denny Hamlin. Which I know, action, detrimental, Trav, you put them on the map before Netflix, I get it. But, you know, Netflix didn't hurt. Uh, it just has that feel to me. It really does. It has a feel of a so monster. So that, that, run,
4: that run of the winless person getting that win here?
3: I think it ends. I think it ends this week. I think this is going to turn into a big... Superstar, like no, listen. There's one huge star who's been off everybody's radar, and he was off the radar, and he was in the wreck, and everybody's forgetting about him. And and maybe I walked in the media center, and he was walking in. Maybe that's made me think about him. But you know, Kyle Bush is is you know he's he's Tier the three. professor's guy with the waxing sideways moon and the date and the upside down whatever waxing I mean, gibbous. waxing <laughs> gibbous. My you know, I mean he's he's an awful. Impressive, You know, everybody says, well, you know, Denny needs a championship or, or deserves a championship. You know, Kyle Bush deserves a Daytona 500. I mean, he's he's he is starting to add his name to the list of the greatest who have never won the great American race. So I'm a true believer that, you know, look, I'm that guy at the roulette table that if it's red 19 in a row, I'm betting black until it shows up. So in my opinion, Kyle Bush he he has too good of a resume to not think he's going to have a sh- chance to win this race. It does seem like even like everybody seems to be
5: talking about that. This is what his 19th, 20th time attempt trying to go win it. It seems like it's getting hyped up to be like this is going to be that story. Uh, I'm still under the impression he doesn't win a race this year, but this is the race I'm worried about that he would get a win is right off the bat.
4: Tims, you better show your face next week if he wins. You better show up on this podcast again. You can't run away.
5: No, I'll own it. I'll own it. Maybe get your
4: Kyle Busch T-shirt if he wins.
5: He's a great driver. I'm not saying he's not.
3: But So, listen, I have a matchup, and I don't know if I have an opinion on this, but I think it's a great matchup for the books that put in this, and they're playing off the the hate from the Coliseum, and that's Logano and and Ty Gibbs, right? Like, they had their issue a year ago. Um, Where was it where they got into each other?
4: Every, it was everywhere because uh, yeah. I remember DH talking about it. How Ty was asking about how to go about handling this thing. Like
3: it's so yeah.
4: People forget that this is an ongoing. This is a feud building.
3: Well, and then Logano said that they talked over the off season and felt like they got somewhere. And then race one, it obviously, we'll just say, didn't go like Logano thought it should go because they they got into each other again and there was a disagreement again. So Logano versus Gibbs. Give me the odds on that one. Draft. Are they giving Logano uh, it the, is the
4: Gibbs? Gibbs plus one ten. Logano minus one forty five. And it's interesting you bring this matchup up. We did not tell Steve this. Tim's and I are going to take a matchup each week. Go head to head. This is the one that we uh, picked as going to be the one that we take, Steve.
3: Well, it's a great line by the books because, in my opinion, the pick is Logano, but at minus one forty five, it's hard to get there. Um, Listen, man, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but here you go. Single car speed doesn't matter. The Toyotas proved that. The best one was 22nd in qualifying, and they won both duels. But a fast car helps. So I know that, you know, you can say, wait a sec, you just said single car speed doesn't matter. Well, just because they're not fast by themselves doesn't mean they're not fast in a pack. There's, you know, the pods are not long enough to go through the specifics of that. But I will tell you that what Joey Logano is sitting on helps. You know, when, when a split-second decision, I tell everybody the, the, the best 30 seconds in racing perhaps is when the field thunders off turn two, coming to the checkered flag of the Daytona 500, and we're going to analyze it for months in slow motion, whether they go left and right, up and down. But it basically comes down to your entire racing resume, how you were introduced in groups. Will you be a Daytona 500 champion is going to come down to a instinctive, flip of the wrist and it's either going to be left right or nothing at all and stay in line and we don't know how it's going to play out but my point in all that is Joey Logano has got it right he's got it wrong he's been on the receiving end so there's a lot of knowledge right you can't practice for that right like, like how hard is it to win a golf tournament well the guys that have stood over that putt on 18 they know what that feels like well Joey Logano knows what that backstretch is going to feel like so for that reason I put him. But I will say I think Ty Gibbs wins a race this year. I just don't have him winning the biggest race of the year.
4: Well, so I am going to take Ty Gibbs on this action against uh, my buddy Tim's here. Well, yeah. that's why one I'm of you is a later. better and one of
3: you is a producer. I get it. One's a producer and one's a better. Exactly. I like the better.
4: Yeah. You know, exactly. I just think that – Now, the one thing I'm a little worried about, though, is Gibbs has his, uh, doesn't have the same pit crew as last year.
3: Well, it's Seabell hard because – Seabow kept it, but I'll be honest. When I really look into the rosters, and I do, there's a lot of single movements. So, you know, what makes a pit crew? Is it one member? Is it the jack man who's kind of like the quarterback? Is it a tire changer? I only say that because a lot of personnel has shifted on pit road. I think much like, you know, the question mark on the new body style, we almost have to, like, let it play out and see who ends up having the best people on pit road.
4: One quick question on the Toyotas. Speaking of Gibbs, last year they had six Toyotas out there. They're going to have nine now. How big is that?
3: It's not worse. I don't think it's a huge advantage. Uh, speaking of which, shout out to Jimmy Johnson making his last ditch effort Oof. to make the 500. Um, look, it's not worse. You know, we want this to be chess, but it isn't. It doesn't move in slow motion, but. There's going to be coin flips over 500 miles. You know, you get shuffled out of line. And as you're falling back, if there's a Toyota back there to help push you back, you know what I mean? Having teammates out there, and I say teammates, manufacturers that align, more is definitely better. How about that? I'll take more. Any chance I get.
2: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
4: Tims, what do you think? Uh what's your other matchup bet that you uh big on?
5: Uh I really like McDowell at even money over Stenhouse, who's minus one thirty. I don't know I don't get this line at all, Steve. I don't understand. I mean, I know Stenhouse is the defending champion, but McDowell is just as good. We just talked about it earlier on this pod. Like he's the outside pole sitter. I don't get why he's the underdog and if I'm giving getting even money, I'm taking it. Hammering it.
3: So, listen, I think the respect for Stenhouse is warranted with his racing at the super speedways, but a log of it was years ago. Now, he did win the 500 last year. Let's not discount the guy. The guy's a defending race winner. But he's aggressive. He's kind of go for broke, checkers or wreckers. I don't see that at a McDowell. So, if Stenhouse beats you, let's, let's go with this. Assuming they don't wreck, Stenhouse only beats McDowell running in the top two or three. You know, if they both run in in 7th, 8th, ninth, I like McDowell over Stenhouse. I, I don't think you're crazy there. You're not wrong. Yeah. You know why I'll they have you. this? I mean, this is why they have this. This is the truth. Because Ricky just has a little swagger. I, I don't mean to sound dumb when I say this, but but Michael McDowell is a genuinely amazing person. He's the type of guy that, that you know, would you would let, watch your kids, right? Like, he's just a great person. Ricky is that way, but Ricky's flashy. Ricky's got the good-looking fire suit. Is fire, you know? He's he's just a little flashier. Is the only way I know how to say it, right? Like, like he's got that Slide jaw branch brand on his hats. He's just got a little bit more aura around him. And I think that I think this line is specifically a fan-driven line. I don't think this is a stat or a performance-driven line. I think Stenhouse is the big favorite because I think more fans are going to bet Ricky Stenhouse than Michael McDowell.
5: That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I don't. I don't. I just think there's no way Stenhouse goes back to back. And like you said, I, I think if it's, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, and they're back in there, McDowell's, you know, beating them every time. But um, yeah, I know last year you said. Uh Chris Buescher wasn't going to go back to back and he ended up doing it so I might be pulling a Steve here well
3: I will say this the other one we haven't talked a whole lot about is I like Denny Hamlin in most all of his matchups this is what I saw in the duel I saw a driver that was very calm rode around the back saved some gas worked his way into the forward line pitted with the Fords I don't know if that was by plan or by chance cycled to the front you know and ended up I think third in his duel and it was what I like to call a relatively uneventful third. Now, I know there was a big wreck behind him that affected that, but he was going to run somewhere in the top three of that duel before that wreck happened. I, that's,
4: I'm glad you brought that up because early on, he was just sitting back like he doesn't need to go up there. I was a little shocked at the block that he pulled off at the but like lap five to go. I was a little shocked that he made it that early because usually he's one to always say, I see the checkered flag. But for the most part, he was just kind of calm. And I. You no, know, it was so that block was a
3: duels point. block. That was a duels block. That was a that was a that was not a hail mary block. That was a nice lazy lane change to get William to change lanes. And now that wreck didn't ha- that wreck William changed lanes, lost momentum. The eight caught the twenty four. The six caught the eight. And it just seemed like there was a communication breakdown on the six, because you don't see the backfire out of the pipe until he's kind of run the eight over. I don't blame Brad. Like if he knew some, if he knew something was happening, you'd have been, I guess my point was, it just seemed like a like a little bit of a slow motion wreck, you know, like a train wreck you saw coming and all of a sudden it happens. And, you, and you're like, man, you know, I thought you guys, I think some of that, I'm going to be quite honest. I think some of that's the lack of practice, lack of track time, lack of this, you know, these guys haven't been in a car. They went out and ran the Coliseum and then they come here and. You know, it's the first race of the year, and, and I think you have to get back into game speed. But but there's something about I watched in person um, up on the stands about who's trying and who isn't. And I don't want to make this sound crazy, but Tims, you know how it is when you watch a sports game on like, even though the score might be 0-0, you're like, man, everything's going right for this team. It looks effortless. I know they didn't convert third down. I know they dropped a the ball, but if they connect those two, they're in the end zone, right? Versus the other team who's laboring to keep up. And Denny Hammond looked like someone who was not laboring. He looked like someone who could pick and choose and kind of just danced around a little bit and cycled his way to the front.
5: Yeah, but he looked in, in control. Like that, you know, I know that doesn't doesn't always work out, and it didn't, but he he was in control until that last move that Seabell made and ended up winning.
3: Yeah, so here's the big thing about betting the Daytona 500, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There's going to be a big wreck. It matters when it happens, and here's the difference. If it happens stage one or stage two, it seems like it doesn't take out as many players because I have people like Danny are very patient and they wait and they wait and they wait. But if we have a rain-delayed race and it starts off patient and everyone plays nice because we also had a big wreck in the duels. That was kind of the last thing everybody remembers. And you get through stage two and we have 38 or nine cars in the lead lap, 31 or two cars in a pack. If you have a wreck in that final stage, it's going to take out a lot of players. Because Danny can't sit back on his hand. He can. You know, it's not easy, but it's way easier with 150 miles to go to, or 150 laps to go to say, I'm out. I'm out. Well, I'm going to tell you when you come, when you put, you know, especially if we get inside the last pit window, if we roll off pit road inside 45 to go and there's 35 sticks cars in the pack on the lead lap, look out. Get your hands and feet away from the fence because it's getting ready to go down.
4: So speaking of Rex, then I'm, I want to skip ahead to a bet: drivers not completing a hundred laps under three, three and a half drivers plus one hundred over three and a half minus one thirty. What do you think about that bet? I would
3: take over three and a half. Is what was the number?
4: Uh, minus one
3: thirty. That's an absolute hammer bet.
4: What if I would have told you it's only happened three times in the last ten years?
1: Hmm.
5: That might sway me.
4: I, I feel like
5: I'm actually shocked by that because I feel like that would have hammered. So seven. 2023,
4: only one. So 23, only one driver didn't complete 100 laps. 20 22 four drivers, and then 21
3: was 12. Those are the last three. 100 laps or 100. So you're saying three and a half for 100, 100 laps. 100 so here's laps, why I would hammer it. Let me tell you why I would hammer it. What if we get a little window dry? What if we get a track dried up, and we get this green flag about 7:15 on Sunday night? and maybe we're racing through another rain shower, right? Like, like let's just flip it. I, I think your stat's fine. Like obviously, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not busting on the stat, but my point is, you know, there's a lot that goes into a race. i always said this, Dale Jr. said this, you know, all these races are kind of like living, breathing things. They all change. So let's just flip it. Let's say we get on the track at 7 p.m. on a Sunday night, but we know more rain's coming. It could be like, Stopping and starting and man, I, I would still say I like the over. I like the over. How confident are you in the stat? Are you willing to lose a fresh venti coffee to your good friend Steve over this wager? Because man, I'm a little park. first of all, Steve.
4: You already know if we're Here making we a go. Steve. First of all, you know if we're making a bet, we're not betting coffee. We're betting adult beverages.
3: I like it. I like an adult beverage. Um but
4: I don't that believe it. Is that the silver it. bullet you me. have in
3: your hand? Okay, you Ooh, won't believe it. I, like I have it. a silver I like bullet.
4: It. I don't I don't buy this one. I, listen, I'm not one to shy away from a bet, but I just feel like the stat is trying to tell you to go the one way, but I just feel that this year is going to be – I feel like we're going to get some chaos.
3: So listen, people card kind of turn in here, and they like to have the insight, I'm just going to shoot you straight. This is a hard one handicap. But I have taken a gander at a few other things. If you're a daily fantasy guy, I'm going to throw some names out there. Ryan Blaney is less than ten thousand 1,000 on most daily fantasy. He's starting 32nd. Hammer Ryan Blaney. Have him in your lineup because if he runs well, he's plus positions for sure. Uh, Brad Kozlowski starting 16th. That's really good. Corey LeJour starting 29th is another great low-value bet because I think his average finish here is second only to Blaney in the last handful of races. So that's a plus a bunch of positions. Uh, This is gonna sound crazy, and I'm a little concerned, but David Reagan starting 40th, the guy starting shotgun in the field, I think is gonna be a plus positions type finish. He's another $6,500 driver. Denny Hamlin, he's gonna be great, but starting eighth, I think it's too too risky, because you can lose spots. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armor All, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armorall,
1: Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
4: it's anywhere between 750 and uh, like 550. I'm seeing 550 right now for Top Toyota for Martin. Top, say that again. I Think you should avoid that. Top Toyota Martin Truex plus
3: 550. Um, yeah. Listen, I hate to say this, Martin Truex Jr. just doesn't have the super speedway record. I mean, I would avoid it. Um, I mean, you got you got to beat Denny Hamlin. You got to beat who now? Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell and this and now there's nine of them, which is why you're getting plus 550. So I would avoid that one. Uh, I got one on here that's great advice. I cashed out my BJ McLeod dual two winner bet something last thing. I don't know if it's true or not, but always a live bet. Take your money and run. I do see a couple of these, though, from qualifying. Um, there was a lot of guys that seemed to cash in on our Fords qualifying, so I was happy to see that. Um, so it's good, man. Listen, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. I'm kind of everywhere on social trying to do better. Um Chase Elliott, I got another fan on here that likes Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin and Alex Bowman, all three to win
4: Uh, There's a group bet McDowell plus 125 Bowman 210, Briscoe 550 Barry 550, Suarez 600 He likes Suarez Should he maybe take a look at this group bet with Suarez instead of betting him to win?
3: Well so here's your thing, to win that group you're going to have to run inside the top 10, you're not going to get 600 for the top 10, the question is what Suarez's top 10 number? it's probably like a plus 120. Suarez top 10 is 230. So the question I would have for you is this, you know, do you like six to one or is a plus 230 top 10? Because I think a a five car group bet, that was five, right? So five car group bet, you know, I think you have to be thinking top 10 finish. So you would hate to have him run seventh and get beat by a guy that's running fourth at 600. I think if you believe that, I would take Swar as a plus 230 for a top 10 first. Group bets last year, you know, we had weeks where groups were hard to come by. Yeah,
5: I'm not a huge group better, but I there is something about getting that 600 that does entice me. The only one I would say is, I, I McDowell, I think, is honestly the hardest one in that group, to be honest. I think, for some reason, I just think if Briscoe is in that wreck like he's in that big one he gets taken out barry maybe same thing but yeah not it definitely got me thinking i mean taking a top 10 or this group bet over Suarez to win might be might be a play
3: listen the challenge we're gonna have is we're gonna have the same thing again next week at atlanta i guess a hard start to the nascar season with two really restricted plate races back to back yeah yeah
5: and and atlanta i mean as the track ages every year, do you think that changes the type of racing we get? It's not a traditional. I don't drafting? because I
3: think the crew chiefs no. no because I think the crew still have so much. Re- Here's why. So say you got say you came back with the same exact cars and they're ill handling so much. The track's not drafting. The crew chiefs are just going to dial some downforce in and they're going to go right back to drafting. Mm, okay, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, yeah, race to go to overtime minus one sixty. So I think it could go to overtime, but I would take... I'm not paying one minus 160. There's no way. But th- because of the juice. Yeah, just because of the juice. And because, listen, I'm a, uh, there's two things I like to see. I'll tell you, I don't like an overtime finish. I think we have to have them. I'm not saying we should go away from the rule. But I love a finish that gets decided at the start finish line. I hate last lap yellows. Hate them. Hate them. I hate them for fans. I hate them for NASCARs to figure out the time to score I hate, I mean, man, you know, I just hate them. I like for a race to come back to the line. It's like going to your favorite restaurant and your steak coming out burnt. <laughs> and you're like, man, all I want to do is go here. It's I a wanted a medium night with plus. My lady. Maybe it was your, yeah. you know, you, may, you know, I asked for medium plus and I got well done butterfly thing of charcoal. That's what it's like. Are there any bets out there, Tim's that you like? Uh, Come on, I Tim. Have give me your one bet. Give the listeners. Oh,
5: my one bet. Uh, my one bet. I actually would be winning team either HMS or Pensky. HMS is plus four hundred. Pensky's plus five fifty. I love
3: that. I love that. Four hundred, five fifty. You half a unit on both. Looks like betting one bet all the way across. You're gonna get four hundred and five fifty. What's that? That's nine fifty. So you're basically getting like four twenty five. Uh, what is it? Four what? What do you say the odds were? Uh, four550 so you're basically getting it's like putting one unit at like two something yeah yeah I put a half unit on both of them I like I like what you're thinking there yeah what is it for that Toyota to win hand. Toyota to wins plus
4: 270. Chevy and Ford minus
3: one. Um, Chevy Ford are plus 150. Yeah. It's gonna be a scary. It, listen, man, I don't know. It's gonna be hard. How about? It's gonna be hard. I like it. I like it. I like that action, though. Are we gonna have a watch party yeah. now that I'm flying home early? I mean, you want to
4: grab beers and drinks? We should. If I can don't get hurt permission. me with a good time. Don't. <laughs> that means you gotta be. That means you gotta be oh. on your best behavior until you get home,
3: Steve. Oh, don't you worry. I'm going to be on my best behavior. I'm going to watch a truck race, get up early tomorrow, have a couple meetings, and go home. The only thing I'll say is this, guys, it's a big NASCAR season of betting. I know it's a great American race, but I think it's one of the hardest races to bet on. It's like a Talladega. It's like an Atlanta. Um, So don't let the chaos diminish your wagering. Wagering is supposed to be fun. Bet on your favorite drivers. Bet on your guy you want to cheer on. I can assure you we're going to have some more inside information all season long with some great stats, some great data, some great analysis of who we think has the best opportunity. We're not here selling it right now because we don't believe it. We're not going to sell some stats we don't believe. And I think when you come to Super Speedway Racing, the odds in the book kind of tell you who the favorites are, and I don't think they're way off. I don't see huge value in the books. Like, I don't think a total missed line is out there. Um, So someone's got to get them right. Someone's going to get them wrong. Put all your bets in and may all your bets pay off.